You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. And the title of my sermon today is Fill Me Up. Fill Me Up. My wife drove my truck today. Little did she know that it's beyond empty right now. I was thinking that I was going to drive my truck today. And afterwards, I'm going to have to go to the gas station and fill it up. But I'm assuming my wife made it here, so that's a win. But I'm assuming she made it here on fumes. She barely got here in regards to what I know is what's left in the tank of that truck. It's on empty. It's been on empty. The light's on. It keeps telling me on the dashboard, get gas. The light's blinking at me, get gas. It's, it's, it's throwing up all of these signs and these warning signs. I'm empty, I need help, I need to be filled, I need to be restored. Do something before something catastrophic happens and you have to push me back to the gas station. Fill me up. Maybe much like my truck, you showed up today on empty. Maybe you showed up on fumes, you barely got here, you barely survived 2020, and 2021 has not changed in any way, shape, or form. You're tired, you're weary, the same situation is happening over and over and over again. All the warning lights of your life are yelling at you. There's lights flashing and blinking. You've got to be filled up. You've got to be restored. Something has to change. You've got to get to a gas station and get filled up. Well, hopefully today in this message, I can encourage you and help fill you up because Let's be honest, life is life, and sometimes life isn't fair. Life is frustrating. Life isn't always good. It says in the Scriptures that it rains on the just and the unjust. We know that bad things happen to good people, that, that you could be going through a season where you're tired, where you're weary, where you feel like, I'm completely empty. I don't know how I'm going to make it to tomorrow, this week, this month, next year. I don't know how we're going to survive this situation. Well, luckily, you're in the house. You're in the gas station today. And the Lord is ready and willing to fill you up and help you get off of empty. The scripture that I want to highlight today is Romans chapter 15, Verse 13, Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and with all peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now this is Romans chapter 15. This is the end of the book of Romans. Paul has been writing. Well, actually someone else has been writing for him. Uh, I forget his name, Tetris or Tetarius or something, it starts with a T. And he says that, that he wrote that long, lengthy letter as Paul was speaking through the Spirit to him and encouraging the church of Rome. And as he's finishing this massive book, this book of massive theology, books like Romans 8 and, and Romans 5 and Romans 9 and, and Romans 10, these, these great theological things 
He tells the church in Rome this last thing, a prayer that is upon his heart, that he prays over the church. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That word fill, pleru, P-L-E-R-O-O, means to make replete. That word replete means to be filled or well supplied with something. That word fill means to cram, to level up, to fill, to diffuse throughout one's soul. Now may the God of hope fill you. May he cram you full of all joy and all peace. May he level you up in all joy and all peace. May the God of hope fill you or diffuse throughout your soul all joy and all peace in believing. How can you have joy, how can you have peace in the middle of a chaotic circumstance? It says it here in believing. That you can have joy and hope in believing. That I believe that God is going to help me through this situation. He's going to show himself mighty. He's going to show his, his strong hand mightily upon my behalf. And by believing that, he fills me with all hope and all joy and all peace. That as a storm is raging, Jesus has all the peace as he's sleeping in the bottom of the boat. As the chaos is happening and everybody around him is frantically trying to figure out how to get the water out of the boat. How do I fix this situation? I've tried scooping water out of the situation this way. I've gone to the other side of the boat of this situation and I've scooped water out this way. I've used my hand. I've used a bucket. I've used my kids. I've used everything that I can. And Jesus, at all peace, is sleeping in the boat. They run to Jesus. They said, Jesus, do you even care that we're going to die? And Jesus, if I was Jesus, I would have thought, haven't you been listening to me? I've told you time and time again that I'm going to go to Jerusalem and die on a cross. So I know when I'm going to die. And I'm not on a cross. I'm in the bottom of a boat. So if I'm not going to die, then we're not going to die. Why didn't the disciples think of that? But when chaos happens, sometimes our mind gets a little crazy. We start thinking these irrational thoughts. Well, today I'm just going to die. You're stuck in traffic. Calm down. Your boss sends a strongly worded email. Well, I'm getting fired today. You get a text from your wife that says, we need to talk. It's over. It probably is, let's be honest. <laughs> you did something wrong. <laughs> On the other side of the house, you hear the kid say, uh-oh, or the kid starts crying, or the kid gets quiet, even worse. And you think, oh no, what just happened? Our minds can play all of these things, especially when you're empty. Especially when you feel like you've been fighting the fight and fighting the fight and all of your resources are depleted. 
You're tired mentally. You're tired physically. You're tired emotionally. You're tired spiritually. You have nothing left to give. But somehow, all you can give is these crazy thoughts in your mind. But God says here, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and with all peace in believing. That we get back and we center ourselves in believing and knowing that God is on our side. Greater is he that's in me than anything that's in the world. God has given me the victory. He's, he's caused me to triumph in all things, his scripture says. And when I believe those things, all of a sudden my mind and my body and my spirit get aligned together. And I can walk through it and I have a clarity of mind because he gave me the mind of Christ. Philippians 4.19, we hear this scripture all the time, but we think about it in regards to just our finances. Everybody always uses it as the, the financial thing because it says the word riches in it. Uh, Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now we hear this scripture, and a lot of people in church use this scripture, me included, to use it as, as strictly a financial scripture. That if you need your bills paid, if you need uh, a new job, or you need some food in your, uh, in your plate or some gas in your car, that God's going to meet your needs according to his riches and glory. But that is not what that scripture is only about. What are your needs? What do you need today in regards to being filled back up? Do you need rest? Do you need peace? Do you need healing? Do you need restoration? Do you need to hear his voice today? Do you need an encounter with him? What do you need that will help fill you up? And it says in this scripture that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches. It says in the scriptures that he's rich in mercy. We're not just talking about pennies and dollars. In the heavens it talks about how he is rich in mercy. He's rich in love. He's rich in grace where sin abounded. Grace so much more abounded. His bank account is full of whatever you need today. And we don't just look at this scripture as using it as something in regards to our finances, but we also use it to help us in whatever you need to help fill you up today. Because it says in the scriptures that he's going to fill you up with all the joy and with all the peace, which means he's rich in joy and peace. We know that his mercies are new every morning. He's making new mercies every day to offer up to you. And the very next day, he's making more for you. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus and he says, That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, says, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, not just the specific ones, not just the ones that are more holy than the rest of them, not just the ones that, that you think are more spiritual. No, no, no. We all across the board, as people of, of, of salvation, all the saints, what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, verse 19, says to know 
to have a knowledge of the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Look at this, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That all the saints, that's you and me. That's the person to the left, the person to the right, the person in front of you, the person behind you, the person in the church across the street, church down the road. All the saints have the same opportunity, the same moment that they can tap into understanding the knowledge of the love of God and that they can be filled with all the fullness of God. Some people think, well, just, just the pastor can have all the fullness of God. Me sitting on the back row, like, I can't have all the fullness of God. I only go to church once a month, once a year, barely Christmas and Easter. I can't know. No, no, no. It says all the saints have the same opportunity, the same access. No matter what moment you are where you say, I am empty, I am tired, I am weary, you can tap into all the fullness of God, all the joy, all the peace, all the hope in believing I've been recently watching on Netflix, and it's fitting for today's date, um, a documentary on World War II. June 6th today, D-Day happened where the Allied forces finally touched ground back on European soil, Normandy, France. Hundreds and thousands of young men and women stormed the beaches of Normandy. Some didn't even make it to the beach. They were mowed down before they even made it there. But it was a step and a step in the right direction to bring freedom back to the world. So I've been watching this documentary, World War II in Color, as it's gone through and explained the whole war from both sides. And there's something that they talk about, whether they're on the Allied side or the Axis side, the good side or the bad side, that they always talked about having a supply train. That in order for the Allies to get into Europe, when they got into France, they had to capture certain cities on the port, on the coast, so that they could get their supplies into France, so that they could keep pushing toward Germany to ultimately sh shut down Berlin and the Nazis. So they're saying there were strategic places that they had to do so that they could keep this supply train going. On the other side, it was talking about the Germans and how they were fighting two different wars, one on the east side, one on the west side. They were fighting the Russians on one side, and now the Americans and the British and the Canadians, they were coming through, and they had to go and push all their forces that way. And they were stretched thin, and it talked about the tons and the tons and the tons of supplies that the soldiers needed on both sides to survive. Just for the soldiers to push forward, they needed supplies daily. They needed food. They needed clothing. They needed ammunition. They needed vehicles. They needed aircraft. They needed the almighty gallon of gas. They tell this one story about the Germans as they were pushing to try and retake this city, this important port that could stop the supplies of the Americans and get them back into the war. And it says, as the Germans were pushing with their tanks, they were about 40 or 50 miles from getting to this city, and they ran 
out of gas. And the supply line had been cut down, and it says that this German general and his men had to get out of their tanks and walk back to Germany because the supply line was cut. Their vehicles were empty, and there was nothing to fill them up. Because both sides understood that if they could destroy the supply train, they could stop the momentum of the army and moving forward in life. And so they would, they would get their bombers and they would use uh, their, 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 their scouts to go out and find where the supply trains were, where they were bringing supplies in, and they would bomb those areas to where it would, one, destroy the supplies that were going and destroy any future supplies that were going to come down that route. You see, God has a constant supply train ready to come and assist you in your battle, to assist you in your war, to help you. The enemy is constantly coming and trying to deviate, not the supply, because God is going to make a way. God is going to get that supply to you. So what the devil does is he tries to divert your attention away from the supply. He tries to tell you, well, you're not worthy. You're not good enough. You think that you're saved? How dare you? You did this. You did that. And it turns your attention from the supply. And all of a sudden, just like those tanks, you're tired, you're weary, you're empty, and you're fighting a losing battle. Supply train never stops in heaven. It's constantly coming. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you. That supply chain is right there, ready and willing to show up and to fill you up according to you believing. Simply believing that God is on my side. That God is greater in me than anything that can come against me. And all of a sudden that supply train starts and then you're filled with all joy. You're filled with all peace because the God of hope is delivering that supply train to you. All the mercies, all the grace. And all of a sudden you're built back up. You're fully energized and you can go and fight and live your life successfully because the victory train is already pushing you forward. But when you get tired, when you get weary, when you take your eyes off of him, when you stop talking with him, when you start tapping into that free flow, fill up session of God daily, all of a sudden you start getting weary. And just like those Germans, you start walking backwards. You start giving ground back to the devil. And then you look in a day, a week, a year, a decade, and you think, well, how am I here? How is there so much loss? How is there so much frustration? How is there so much this and that? This is not where I want to be. And God is just saying, tap into the supply train. I'm ready to fill you up. And as soon as you're filled up, you can go and be victorious. You can get back in the fight. You can get back in the war. You can get back to winning. You can get back to seeing the hand of God move. You need to believe that God is on your side and willing to fill you up, especially at your weakest moments. And in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So once you are filled, here's what the next thing says in Romans 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope 
by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may abound in hope. That word abound means to superabound, to not just abound. It means to superabound in quantity or quality. It means to excel, to be in excess. It means to be in abundance, to be more abundant, to exceed, to increase. It means to remain over and above that you may abound. You. He's talking to you directly today that as soon as you tap into the supply chain of who God is and you let him fill you up, and being at church is a great place to be filled up, to be here on a weekly basis when the doors are open, to be with the, uh, the great group of men and women here who have testimony after testimony after testimony of what God has done, to be able to worship To be able to sit here and be washed in the word is a great place to be filled up. But we don't have church every day. I'm not preaching every day so that you can come in and stop by. I can't call everybody on the phone and say, hey, guess what? I've got an hour sermon that I want to preach and encourage you to. So we have to. We have to fill ourselves up. Church is here to help us kind of tap off the top of it. But throughout the week, it's our job and our relationship with God to fill us up and to constantly remind ourselves to tap into Him so that we can abound in hope. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, it says, And God is able, not only is He able, He's also willing, don't forget that, God is able to make all grace, look at these scriptures that we've been reading, All joy, all peace, all hope, all the fullness of God, all grace abound towards you. That you being, yes, you, he's talking to you directly today, always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. And God is able to make all grace abound in you. Just like he wants you to abound in hope with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, He also wants to have all grace. So when you do falter, when you do fail, when you are tired, when you all are weary, that grace is sufficient to help you and hold you up. When you think, I'm not worthy, I can't believe I did this, I can't believe I did that again, I can't believe I keep struggling with that. Well, he has all grace ready and willing to abound on your behalf that you always having all sufficiency in all things, all If I was helping write the Bible, there would be some scriptures, including this one, where I would whisper to God, we should put an asterisk right there. We should, we should, we should make a caveat there. We should, we should not. You're saying, God, I just want you to know. You're saying always having all sufficiency in all things. You're not giving yourself any wiggle room, God. You're, you're, you're establishing this massive thing, having sufficiency in all things. Are you sure you want to say that, God? We could put kind of having almost some sufficiency in most things. That's, that's pretty good. But that's not what God wants to get to you. That's not who God is. God is an abundant God over and above. He, it's not too big for him. It's not a problem. Your problems are not a concern to God to where he's like, I, I don't know what to do. 
I can't believe it. I've never seen a human get in that much trouble before. I can't believe a human did that much stuff to where I don't know what to do with it. Yes, he is, he is moved and his heart is, is moved to help you, but he is not shocked. He is not overwhelmed by the current situation that you're in because he is ready and willing to help you and get to you all the grace that he can to make you abound because that is his heart's goal is to see you come up out of that sin, come up out of that darkness, come up out of that situation victorious. And if you're still in that situation, it says in Psalms 23, that though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's going to be with you. He's going to be with you in the valleys. He's going to be with you in the mountains. He's going to carry you everywhere you go. You have a constant tank of gas on the back, a backpack of gas that you can just fill up at any point in time. My brother was dating a girl uh, back in high school and college, my older brother, and uh, the, his girlfriend's father uh, had a construction business, and they lived out in the country in Louisiana, um, and they had a bunch of farm equipment and, and all kind of stuff, and it, it took forever to get out uh, to their house, and they lived on many, many acres. They had a swamp in the back, and they would shoot gators back there and all that stuff. But what was awesome is they had their own gas tank on their property, and we would be there hanging out, and they weren't supposed to do it, but my brother's girlfriend, at the end of the night, when it was 11, 12 o'clock, midnight, whatever, and we were about to go home, he, she would say, hey, my dad's sleeping. Let me put gas in your car and y'all can use the gas and go home. Being in high school, being in college, when you have no money at all, and the money that you do have, you just want to buy a couple of burgers at McDonald's, you just want to go to uh, somewhere, to the movies or whatever, to spend money, and you never wanted to spend money on gas. It was always a blessing to be able to go to this free gas tank and fill up our car and drive off. Not have to put a credit card in, not have to give gas, I wasn't involved in it at all. I wasn't dating anybody. This is my brother, my older brother. I just got to benefit from my older brother. The scripture says that Jesus is your big brother. You just get to benefit from him and what he did. You just get to sit in the car next to him as he's the one who gives you access to the free fill-up. Anytime you need, any point that you need to abound in hope. That word hope, I love this word hope in the New Testament. It means to anticipate, usually with pleasure. It means an expectation or confidence, faith and hope. Listen to this. It's rarely in a bad sense, and it's never, never in a bad sense in the New Testament. It is always, when you see the word hope in the New Testament, it is always in a good sense. The expectation of good, hope, joyful, and the confident expectation of eternal salvation. Psalms 42, verse 11. I'm finishing with this. I've got one more scripture after that. Psalms 42, verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. In whatever situation you're going in, maybe you're like David here and you find yourself talking to yourself. What's going on with you? Why are we here? What are we doing? How do we get out of this? This is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. This is so frustrating. Look at him. Why are you cast down my soul? Sometimes we got to talk to ourselves. 
Sometimes we got to be our biggest cheerleaders. Nobody else is cheering you on. Nobody else might not even know what you're going through internally. And the only person that can help you is you. To build yourself up, it says in Jude. Build yourself up on the most holiest of faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you got to be your biggest cheerleader and remind yourself who your God is. As David's speaking here, why are you cast down, my soul? Why? Why are you going through this funk? Why are you dealing with this? Why are you thinking this? Why are you dealing with this thing over and over and over again? And why are you disquieted within me? And look, then he starts building himself up with the simple phrase, hope in God. You want to know how you can fix your soul, how you can fix your mind, how you can fix your physical body, your emotions, your fears, your frustrations, hope in God. And he makes this statement, instead of, why am I going to stay cast down? Why am I going to keep complaining? Why am I going to keep on crying and moaning and having a pity party? He says, no, 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 for I shall yet praise him. He makes the decision at that moment, I'm going to hope in God and I'm going to change my tune. I'm going to get filled up by him. And how I'm going to do that is by praising him, the help of my countenance and my God. When I used to work out many, 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 many moons ago in college, me and a buddy, uh, we would work out in his garage or we'd go to the gym at the, the college in Louisiana. My friend would give me this drink uh, and it had a pre-workout mix in it. Some type of berry thing that you mix in with water, you drink it, and I'm pretty sure that there was at least 10% cocaine in that thing, because once you got done drinking it, within five or 10 minutes, you turn, I don't want to say I turned into Hulk, like baby Hulk, like you get all of this energy, and all of a sudden you feel confident enough, you got energy enough to go and to lift these weights, and not just the normal amount of weights, but it, it helped you give you the confidence to push yourself, to go a little bit longer in the workout, to do one more rep, to to help you in your future state. Once God fills you up and you let him fill you up, then you are ready to abound and superabound in hope to whatever you are facing or going to be facing in the future. When God fills you up, Just like that pre-workout, all of a sudden it's going to give you this confidence. It's going to give you this hope. It's going to give you this joy that I can go and deal with whatever I'm facing right now and whatever's going to happen in the future. That there's going to be some heavy lifting in my life that I can't do on my own. The reason you can't overcome that sin is because we we aren't able to overcome sin. It's Jesus who helps us overcome sin. It's Jesus who helps us who fills us up and then helps us abound in our lives. And the last thing I'm concluding with this, it's vital that we stay filled up with God in our lives, but not only just for ourselves. It's important that you get filled up so that you can make it through life, but not just make it succeed in life. But look at this, 1 Thessalonians 3, 12 through 13, my last scripture. 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 12 through 13. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. Praise God. But not just for you. Look, 
to one another and to all, just as we do to you. Verse 13, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Now may the Lord make you increase or fill you up and abound in love to one another and to all. You have to understand that this Christian walk is not just about you. This life is not just about you. That we've got to get past our struggles. We've got to get past our insecurities. We've got to get past the things that are holding us back because Christianity is one about God fully restoring, fully helping, fully blessing, fully loving you and having a relationship between you and God. But it's also about going out and helping others. So as you get filled up, as you get filled with joy, as you get filled with peace, as you get filled with mercy, as you feel, get filled with grace, and you start overcoming some things, you start stepping over the hurdles that have been tripping you up all of these days for these last years and in the past, all of a sudden you are confidently moving through life. All of a sudden you can look up instead of looking inward and you can see the world that is hurting out there and the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit can help through you. That's why God says it's so much better to give than to receive. To be able to be used by God to help somebody and to point them in the right direction, to see their lives change forever, will help you as you continually go through life. So if you're tired and weary and you have things going on in your life, be restored today. Take time this week to lean into the book to pray and to get filled up by God, to pray and get a word from Him, to hear His voice, to be encouraged by Him in some way, shape, or form so that you can be filled up to overcome and then go help other people overcome because God wants you to abound. He wants you to superabound in all hope, in all things in your life. Amen? Let's stand up today as we go and head out into this world. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your endless supply train, your continual supply train that you have open, available, and are willing to give to us. Father, I thank you for the people here. I know the people here, as they're going through life, that they might be in a situation where they're tired, they're weary, they're worn out, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. They are drained from what this life is doing to them. Father, fill them today. Let your peace, your joy, your mercy, your grace reside upon them today and help them abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit so that they can go into life expecting good things to happen, expecting and being confident knowing that you're a good God, you're protecting them, and that their life going forward is peaceful and their life going forward is covered in your grace and mercy. Father, I thank you for the people here. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. I thank you, Father, that they have the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you that they are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Father, I thank you right now that they are protected. Psalms 91, protection over them, that no evil shall befall them or their household. Father, I thank you that they are the salt and light of the earth. We will go out and we will share this gospel message with people that we encounter this week. So, Father, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Be gracious to them and help them and prosper them in all things that they do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow night for prayer, women, Tuesday night at the Bible study, or next Sunday at church. Take care, family. 
Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.